Good morning. <laughs> it's great to be with you and um, a privilege to be able to share with you um, this morning. I've struggled a bit with this morning. I know some of you don't think I struggle, but I struggle just the same as you do. And um, because the Holy Spirit sort of, you say, Holy Spirit, have your way, and this is what I'm going to do. And then he says, maybe that's not what you're going to do. So this morning, <coughs> this morning, um, I'm continuing with our, um, our teaching program um, on, on culture. And it has been good, hasn't it? And uh, my, my subject is supposed to be the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, I notice later on um, I- I this year, I am to um, bring some teaching on the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, I thought, I love the I lo- Holy Spirit, I'll go with that. But, um, as I've been praying and as I've been preparing, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, I, I want you to start here. So, this morning... I don't want to apologise, but I just want to say to you, we've had, the, we've had the part of the service where it has been giving to God what belongs to him, haven't we? Now this is a receiving part of the service. Well, there weren't many amens there, but this is a receiving part of the service. You see, the word of God says, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So, Whoever is ministering, the word of God received by us creates faith for us to function. So this morning I want to cover uh, something to do with the gifts of the Spirit, calling and anointing. How can you deal with that? But um, I, I want to take it basically because more than anything else this morning... If some of us go away with an absolute thirst and hunger for more of God, I will have achieved all that I set out to do this morning. Because the Holy Spirit is such a key for us. I know I bang on about the Holy Spirit. That's because I love the Holy Spirit and I do seem to have a little bit of personal revelation about what he wants to do and what he's able to do. And I want us all to be able to grasp that in a fuller and greater measure so that we can do what we're called to do. I may say one or two things this morning a little pertinent. I often do but usually you're smiling and don't realise it perhaps till you get home. But I, I may this morning share one or two things that are pertinent, but please understand I haven't really chosen this message this morning and I'd sooner talk about the gifts in, in a different way. But here we go. I want to share with you this morning uh, a little about the the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to touch on what the scripture says about gifts because there are numbers of gifts of the Holy Spirit and in a couple of weeks Dave will be ministering on um, the ministry gifts the fivefold some call them ministry gifts to the church and uh, that's found in Ephesians 4 when Jesus ascended 
at the same time as he, he promised the Holy Spirit, uh, when Jesus ascended on high, he led, the Bible says, he led captivity captive. Interesting, I'm not really into the message, but I thought the message put this good. And their interpretation of leading captivity captive was he captured the enemy and seized the booty <laughs> and gave gifts to men because that's what Ephesians 4 verse 8 says. When Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. You know, he took what the enemy has taken that belongs to us and he began to give them back to us. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. But Dave will address the fivefold ministry gifts uh, and the ministry persons that God gave to the church, which is named in Ephesians 4 as apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists. Now they are five people gifts that God gave to the church, uh, gave to his body for the continuation of the ministry that he began on earth and wanted us to continue. So I'm not covering that, but there are five person gifts there that Jesus himself gave to the church. And you know, he didn't give... The church have had it all upside down, but they have many things, haven't they, uh, over the years. They've thought that... Um, it was for the evangelist to come in and evangelize. It was for the prophet to come in. No, no, that's not what the ministry gifts were for. I don't want to steal your Dave. Uh, the ministry gifts were sent in person by Christ. In Ephesians 4 it says, to teach the people of God to do the works of the ministry. So moving on, because I don't want to take Dave's notes. You see... So, so it's not them that have got to do it all. Yeah, the apostles and prophets, they are foundation layers and so on. Dave will tell you about that. But these are not gifts of the Holy Spirit in the context that I'm talking about this morning. But they were people given to the body of Christ to continue the ministry of Jesus. They are Christ's gift people to the body to enable his ministry to carry on just like he started it on earth. Now, in Galatians 5, and you will know this well, I've spoken on this uh, subject before, about walking with the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, I ministered a, a while ago on walk with the Spirit and we will not, um, uh, we will not give in to human and fleshly desires. And then in Galatians 5, it goes on to say in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, contentedness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, in my understanding, they are not gifts of the Spirit in the context that I'm going to talk about this morning. What are they? I want to tell you what, they, what I think they are. Uh, I say that, you see, and then if you disagree with me theologically, take it up with Andrew. He'll straighten it out for you, uh, with, uh, <coughs> with Adrian. <laughs> Not Andrew, Adrian. He'll sort you out theologically, all right? But these fruits of the Spirit are 
as a result of spending time with the Holy Spirit and his influence begins to impact our walk with him. Now, just a scripture that I did mention last time uh, when, I, when I ministered. In John 14, verse 16 to 17, I'll just read these to you. John. John 14, 16 to 17. I have shared this with you before, but you'll get it in the context that I'm ministering to you this morning. Jesus is talking about the promised Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you another helper. I'm going to send you the comforter. And he says to his, to his followers, I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom you cannot receive. And then he, he says this. But when I send him, you will know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. All right? So the Holy Spirit is the one that brings us under conviction of sin and is the instrument from the Godhead that brings us to salvation. From that moment, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he is with us. And when the Holy Spirit is with us, his influence rubs off if we walk together. Do you understand that? I had a little girl once, and uh, when she was about five, she started... Oh, she's here. (laughs) She started school. She, She started school. And you know what it's like when they start school? They come home and all of a sudden their teacher, Mrs. Jones, she has become mum, dad, everything she says is their new friends, the influence. And this little girl had not been at school long when one day when she came home, her brother was aggravating her like brothers do. And all of a sudden this expletive came out about her brother. And we said, well, where did that come from? What? What did you say that for? My friend says that at school. Already in the close friendship that was beginning to build up, an influence had started to take place. And the words that she called her brother, this little girl thought she could call her brother the same. But you see, we had a little chat. Now, do you hear mum and dad say that? No, well, we don't talk like that. I worked with a man who taught me an awful lot about engineering. And I mean, if you, do you know what blue is? Well, the air down, we had a pit. And I used to work under there with him. Great, great man. But oh dear. If he um, caught his finger somewhere or he hit it with a hammer, the, the words that used to come out. And I thought, well, how do I, how do I counteract this? Now, because there were times when I hit my finger, the nail went black and, uh, and I thought, well, what am I going to say? You know, oh, oh, oh. and um, I mean, maybe it wasn't a good thing uh, or the right thing, but uh, every time something went wrong for me, I'd say, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Which is praise God. Now, I wasn't praising him for what had happened. I was praising him because he still loved me and... And so I always shouted, hallelujah. 
he'd say, why don't you say what I say? I'd say, does it make you feel any better? He says, not at all. He said, um, does it make you feel any better when you shout hallelujah? I said, well, yeah, it does because it reminds me that God still loves me and it wasn't his fault. Do you know, not more than two or three months with us working together, I'd come into the office one day and I went out and I walked down the, into the workshop and he was under a motor working and all of a sudden I heard, hallelujah. <laughs> well, why? Because we had been together and influence had begun to produce from one to the other. I believe, I believe that's what the fruits of the Spirit are. They are fruits of our walk with the Spirit. All right, so we must move on quickly. <coughs> so they are the fruits of the Spirit. And of course, um, well, no, we, we, must, we must move on. No time to talk about that. Now, <coughs> that scripture in John Jesus says, he will be with you and he will be in you. Now, I just want to read another verse that, uh, that deals with gifts. And here, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, you, you've no need to turn to it. Paul is talking and he says, now you are the body of Christ. He's talking about the body members in particular, and God has appointed these in the church. And he says, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. Now he mixes up the ministry gift persons with the gifts of the Holy Spirit there. I don't know why he does that, but he, but he does. Uh, because he leaves out pastor, he leaves out evangelist, and that's not because anything has changed from what he says previously to the Ephesians when he says, God has given to the church first apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. So there's just a mixture of the gifts of the Spirit and the ministry gifts to the church. But in verse 31, he says to the people, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And I show you a more excellent way. And then, of course, he talks about the power of love. And uh, we heard a bit about that yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> Isn't it exciting? I tell you, I think, I think things are looking exciting for our country. You see, Andrew and William both made a commitment to Jesus Christ when they were in university. Uh, where they're actually at now, I don't know, but I know <laughs> that when we make a commitment to Jesus Christ, he doesn't leave us. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about this morning, but I think it's exciting. And wow, was there an amazing message about the redemptive work of love. And that's what it's all about. And where we go has got to come out of our love and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, why 
do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a charismatic thing. It's a Pentecostal thing. It's a thing that the extreme, oh, well, the black churches, they're really into it. No, that's not what it's all about. So I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning about what it is all about. Why do we need to be filled with the Spirit and operate in the gifts? Now, when Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven, he was talking to his disciples and his followers in Matthew 6 and verse 9, and he was talking to them about (coughs) how they should pray. And you all know this. And what did he teach them? He said, this people, this is how you've got to pray. You've got to pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, honour and worship and Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I I just want to stop there because I'm not preaching on the Lord's Prayer this morning. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I feel that that is very important. And I feel the Holy Spirit was given to enable the kingdom to come. Why? Why? In Luke's Gospel and chapter 12, I'm going to read this to you. Luke 12, at verse 22, I'm not going to read all that. Jesus is talking to his followers and this is a portion where he says to them, look, you don't have to worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, etc., etc. Consider the ravens. I look after them, consider the lilies in the field, I clothe them. You don't have to worry about that. And then he comes on to verse 31 and he says, the most important thing is that you seek the kingdom of God and all these other things will fall into place. In verse 31 he says, seek, actually the authorised says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. And then he says something quite amazing. He says, do not fear little flock because it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's what Jesus said to his followers before he went back to heaven. He said, don't fear It is the Father's delight, joy and pleasure to give you the kingdom. Then, of course, there were were things about talk. There was conversation about, um, about the kingdom. And just moving on quickly to Luke 17, I'm going to read to you verse 20. Jesus was talking with the people and with his disciples and he was asked when the kingdom of God would come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now that's very important. Jesus said... It's his father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom and his kingdom is in you. So in the followers of Jesus, 
the kingdom is. The kingdom is. Now that is very, very challenging. Very challenging. So we are saying, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and we are waiting for the skies to crack and something amazing to appear, a thousand angels to come and bring the kingdom. No, 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 that's not how it is going to happen. How is the kingdom going to come on earth? I'm not misinterpreting. Am I misinterpreting the Bible, Adrian? (laughs) No, good, I'm glad. (laughs) Not on that point. (laughs) Okay. So his kingdom is in us. Now, I believe, I believe the key, and I would suggest, it's my suggestion, uh, (laughs) could you go and sit somewhere else? (laughs) May I suggest... The only way we are going to be able to release or bring in the kingdom and reflect heaven on earth is by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just being with us. This is where he's having a pop at me. But being in us. Now, the difference between the Holy Spirit being with us and being in us is when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit should be the one that is controlling, empowering, releasing, giving revelation for us to bring in the kingdom for us to bring in the kingdom. Just being with us is not enough. We need him dwelling in us and being the driving force of what we are called to be and what we are called to do. We'll get there. We will get there. Now, now in Acts chapter 1... And verse 8, and you really need to remember, these were the last words that Jesus spoke on earth before he went back to heaven. And this is what he says. It is not for, he's talking in seven, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own, his own authority, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be or shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. I see that to be the equipping power of the Holy Spirit for the body of Christ to be such effective witnesses that they bring in the kingdom. How long do you want to wait before Jesus comes back? (laughs) Hey? 
well, he's coming back, but uh, there's a lot to do beforehand. He's given us the tools to do it with, and he's waiting for us to start to do something about it. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom knows no homelessness, no poverty, no injustice, no sickness, no racism, no murders, no corruption, no shortage of provision, no sorrow, no stress. No one's ignored and neglected and you can go on and on and on. That's what the kingdom that God wants to bring to earth is all about. I want to suggest to you that uh, as a nation, in many ways, we're in a hopeless mess. Our NHS is falling apart and can't cope. I'm not talking politics, I'm talking reality. Law and order is breaking down and we're being told unless we've got more money, we can't do anything about it. And uh, then the powers that be are saying there isn't any more money because we owe so much. Things in the natural are looking pretty bleak, people. The only way that all those things are going to be changed is by the body of Christ functioning and bringing in the kingdom and when the kingdom comes, they will change. They will change. It's going to be the church and the body of Christ that is going to lead the way. We've talked a lot and we hear a lot about not neglecting the poor. Jesus didn't neglect the poor. Listen, our... Our government can't afford to look after the poor. So who is going to be influential in meeting the needs of the poor, meeting the needs of the homeless, meeting the redemptive work of love? I can't get over some of the things that guy said yesterday in the position and place he said it. But how right, the redemptive work of love, and we are in such a privileged position to be in the place where we experience and know that love of God. Now, moving on, and I want to, I might be getting a little bit pertinent in a minute, so please don't leave. Uh, Benny Hinn, whether you really like him or whether you don't, it's, it doesn't make any difference. He's a man who absolutely knows how to communicate with the Holy Spirit, whatever else. And he quotes, he, I read a quote, uh, and this is what he said. He said, the devil's success is dependent upon our ignorance. The devil's success is dependent upon our ignorance. When we understand how to stir up those spiritual gifts in our lives, we will have power and authority over the enemy. Now, whatever you think about the man that said it, that is an amazing statement and I totally agree with it. I totally agree with it. You see... (laughs) 
Jesus said again in John 14 and verse uh, 26 when he's talking to, to his disciples, he said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send, he was talking before the Holy Spirit came in my name, he says, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I have said. I'm trying to put, put them together. That's what Jesus said. Benny Hinn says, when we let the Holy Spirit function through us, the enemy won't have any grounds to pull us down. And that's right. That is right. You see, what did Jesus do? And, and this is where I, I want to, well, in a minute, we'll come to where do we start? Yeah, have a look at me. That's what it says here. Um, so, <coughs> coming back to this issue, what's the Holy Spirit going to bring to our remembrance? Well, I'm sure there are times, where, you know, I, I know so many scriptures. Um, but if you say, where's that found? Yeah, it's in the Bible. Oh, well, lots of them I know, but... You know, <coughs> I have to look up. Hang on a minute. Now, for you older people, Adrian will know, not because he's older, but I've got a Crudence Concordance at home. Now, because so many of the scriptures that I learnt by heart are in the authorised, I struggle sometimes in the NIV and the new translations to find the scriptures because they use different words, don't they? So you see, whenever I'm studying, I always have my crudence there because I think, hey, hang on a minute, I know, the, I know what the authorised says, so I'll find it in the authorised. Then I start trailing through the... So it takes me twice as long to get a message ready as any of you. But, um, but you see, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance, will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance. Now what is he going to bring to our remembrance? Well... He's going to bring to our remembrance what he has said. How do we find out what Jesus said? The Word. The Word. He can only bring to remembrance what we have put in our memory at some stage. And he is going to teach us all things and bring to our remembrance. Now, the Holy Spirit teaching us all things. That, that's a profound... What's he going to teach us? Well, he's going to teach us strategy for bringing in the kingdom. Years back, uh, we, when we were early, early on when we were pastoring, <coughs> there was this church who started running... Um, running buses in from all areas around there, up the Midlands somewhere, running buses in all around their area to the Sunday, Sunday evening meetings. And so they had this idea. Now, it wasn't an idea. They had a strategy from God for their church and their situation. Um, and they started running buses in. And within a matter of weeks, I think they had to have about four or five buses coming from different states estates and people were just coming to church 
for the free bus ride of a, people started getting born again, filled with the Spirit. So um, we thought, wow, that's a wonderful idea. We got the buses. <laughs> no, but that's not what God, that wasn't the strategy that God had for us. So we did it and it didn't work. But the Holy Spirit will give us the strategy for what needs to work here or there, wherever God has placed us. He will give us the strategy. He will give us the keys for breakthrough. And you know, amazingly, the keys for breakthrough may not necessarily be the same in Chelmsford as they are in Birmingham. Because that's where the prophets, apostles, anyway, uh, they come in because they, they bring direction in that area. Uh, or they can do. Breakthrough. Strategy for breakthrough. Do we want that? We desperately want that, don't we? Because when the Holy Spirit gives us strategy for breakthrough, do you know it works a thousand times quicker than when we try and do it? So it's very exciting. Now, where and how do I start? So I've put here, take a good look at me. Because I'm not saying you need to, you need, I'm saying we, we. And, and I need to just as much as anybody else. Take a good look at me. How is my relationship with Father? How is my relationship with the Holy Spirit? If the only time I read the Scriptures... That's not when I'm preaching because they're not up there. But if the only time I read the scriptures are when they appear on here on a Sunday morning, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And how, how can faith be inspired in me if I'm not feeding myself with the word of God? Man shall not live, Jesus said, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the only way that we can get the words that proceed out of the mouth of God is to read the Scriptures. Don't misunderstand me. When we were first saved as kids, nine years of age, I mean, we, we were taught, like, if you didn't read the Scripture every day and Jesus came, you'd, you'd miss him. Uh, that's how, no, no, that's not what it's all about. It's not that we must uh, religiously spend 15 minutes every day reading the Scriptures. What it is all about is if we do not draw from the source of life, the bread of life, we will go hungry and we will get skinny and we will eventually die. So we have got to be men and women of the Word of God. Because the Word is life. The answer to every situation is in the book of life. So we've got to take a look at ourselves. My relationship with Father. My listening to what Father has to say. I can tell Father what I want to say. But sometimes... It's more difficult to just stay quiet in the presence 
or in the arms of Father and listen to what he has to say. Is it? Do you find that? You know, all the time I'm spilling out what my needs are and what my... Why isn't this happening, Father? Why hasn't this happened? Your word says, you know, once I stop pouring out what I have to... Do you know, there's so much to do. You don't, you don't get that? No, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I can see just the smiles. You understand? Ah, oh, the phone rings. Of course it does. Now, I'm not saying the devil makes the phone ring, but what I'm saying is it's just a strategy of timing to distract us from hearing what God has to say. My communicating with him, him and me time, I tell you it's so important, him and me time. Now, I feel so guilty sometimes I've I've taught myself to practice when I am in the car. Uh, can't do much else while you're driving, can you? Well, if you listen to what they say, uh, even listening to music is a distraction. I don't know what they say about speaking in tongues. I've never heard a, a, a government a directive on that. But because I struggle sometimes with... Uh, with making sure I spend that time with God, I practice, when I get in the car, I practice communicating with Father by the Holy Spirit. And you know, I can get up so tired in the morning, not come in till two o'clock in the morning, get up at six or seven and be on your way to do... It's t- are you tired? Well, you might not be, but you are when you get to my age. You're tired. You see? But you know the amazing thing that happens? I get in the car, still wiping the sleep out of my eyes. Thank you, Lord, for another good night's rest. Thank you for this new day. Holy Spirit, help me to glorify the King today. And I start speaking in tongues. When I get to wherever I'm going, I feel like I've just come home from a fortnight's holiday. Because of the... Now, we need whatever is right for us. We need to work on and practice our communication and our listening. Now, the key is the Holy Spirit, I believe, and I haven't haven't even talked about it yet. Jesus' advice in John's Gospel, when he talked about the Holy Spirit, uh, I'll finish with this point. In John chapter 7, This is what he says, verse 37 to 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let them come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then the next verse says this, This, but this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit whom those believing in him would receive because the Holy Spirit was not yet given. 
You know, my challenge to us this morning is, do we really understand that the kingdom is in us? If so, we have a big responsibility. And we have access to every key that is necessary to unlock the bringing in of God's kingdom. Do you believe that? We have the key to the unlocking of every situation to enable to see the kingdom of God brought in. But it's down to how thirsty we are. It's down to how desperate we really are. You know, there was a story told in Genesis 22 about Jacob. He had a visitor from heaven. And you know, Jacob was a bit of a twister. Um, And uh, that's how he's often referred to, a great man of faith as well. But anyway, he was a twister. And uh, Jacob had a visitor from heaven. And uh, he was a wrestler. So wrestling is not a new thing. He was a wrestler and uh, he was a wrestling angel, (laughs) Uh, I think. But uh, this visitor came from heaven and he wrestled with Jacob all night. We're not told exactly what they were wrestling about. But when he came to morning, the representative from heaven said to Jacob, Jacob, you must let me go because I need to go. I need to go back. And Jacob said this, I will not let you go until you bless me. Friends, our our thirst has got to be like that as far as God, as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned. God, I'm not going to let you go until you give me what you've promised. And the interesting thing about that story is that uh, from that moment, he touched Jacob and his name was changed. His name was changed from Twister to Israel. And his walk was changed. He never walked the same again because The angel or whoever it was touched his hip and he walked differently from that moment on. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to start getting serious, I believe, about bringing in the kingdom. If you believe that you are one of those people that wants to start seeing the kingdom of God, brought to earth, then I want to encourage you to do something about it. First of all, if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will receive the power to release the kingdom. You will receive the power to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. We need, we need another Pentecost. And I want to encourage you this morning, if there are those of you who have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you see, normally, I don't know of anybody that has started to move in 
miracles and words of knowledge and anything else when they've not been filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know of anybody. The key is to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we plug into the power source from heaven. And the key to that is our desperation, our thirst, our longing to be satisfied. And I believe the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit is the key. It's time for me to stop and I haven't started yet. But do you understand what I feel it was necessary to start here this morning? And I will continue. We'll talk about the gifts. You know, there are the vocal gifts, um, the tongues, interpretation and prophecy. Then there are the power gifts. Then there are the revelation gifts. But we don't start there. We have to start by being thirsty and wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've been challenged in any way this morning, I want to say this to you. Listen, I, I know it can be quite difficult to finish a meeting and say, well, come out the front, we'll have a couple of minutes praying for you. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. If you are serious about wanting to be and desiring to be filled with the Holy Spirit, have a chat with any of our leaders and say so. If you are serious about really pursuing the things of the Spirit, have a chat with Pete. Listen, there's no reason why we couldn't have a, a home group scenario where there were a group of people that were desperate to seek and not give up until we receive something from heaven regarding the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a lot easier to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit when you can practice and get people to do it and encourage them and help them. So listen, I'm not speaking out of turn. I've had a word with Pete. But uh, if you are thirsty, let us know. Because there's no need to stay thirsty because there's a fountain of living water. There's a source, the Holy Spirit. And he's available for you and I. Just going to read a couple of verses of a hymn. Maybe just two hymns. Um, God forbid, I don't want us to go back to the hymn book, you know, hymn, prayer, Bible reading, hymn, word, hymn. No, no, no. But it's a shame the hymns have all been chucked out. There's a hymn here that was written, some of you who've, had uh, roots in the Salvation Army, will have known of this guy. And listen, this is what it says. It was William Booth. O Christ of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire. Look down and see this waiting host. Give us the promised Holy Ghost. We want another Pentecost. Send the fire. That's thirst. That's desire. God of Elijah, hear our cry. Send the fire. Make us fit to live or die. Send the fire to burn up every trace of sin, to bring the light and glory in. A revolution now begins. Send the fire. 
Aren't they fantastic? Fantastic words. It's fire we want. For fire we plead. There's a desperation here. The fire will meet our every need. For strength to ever do the right, for grace to conquer in the fight, for power to walk the world in white, send the fire. I won't worry about the other verse. There's another hymn just across the way from that. (laughs) And this is what it says. As Elijah, we would raise the altar for our testimony clear and true. Christ the Saviour, loving healer, coming Lord, baptizer too. Ever flowing grace and full salvation for a ruin race thy love has planned for this blessed revelation for thy written word we dare to stand. The chorus to that is let the fire fall. May you be challenged this morning and if I've not quite covered what I was supposed to, sorry, I repent, but I believe that's what God would have had us start with this morning. Folks get thirsty and if you are starting to get thirsty, talk to some of us and we will encourage you to get more thirsty so that you can get satisfied.